3: I'm Henry. I woke up to water drops falling on my face. Was it raining in August? Why wasn't I in my bed? Was I dreaming? I forced my eyes open, feeling the cold grass beneath me. After a moment, I remembered I had fallen asleep on the front lawn the previous night. It wasn't raining. The water drops gently sprayed from the sprinkler system. I sat up and looked at our house. I shouldn't call it our house anymore. Now it's just my father's mansion. The night before, I learned that my father was a criminal. The mansion had been purchased with dirty money, and the rest of his fortune was made from criminal activities. I didn't want to live with him anymore, so I decided to camp out in the garden. Unfortunately, I had nowhere else to go. I originally thought my dad was a crypto investor. He kept saying he made his fortune thanks to Bitcoin and had a story he loved to tell about it. Years ago, a friend of his taught him about Bitcoin. His friend told him, No one understands its worth right now, but it'll increase in value in the future. Buy as much of it as you can while it's cheap. My dad sold off his car and invested the money in Bitcoin. His friend's prediction came true, and Bitcoin made my dad a millionaire. I used to listen to my dad tell his story with excitement. I was so proud of him for taking such a lucky risk. Turns out he was lying to me and everyone else. He never invested in Bitcoin in his whole life. Do you want to know where he got his money? After I tell you the truth, I know it'll shock you too. One day, I heard my mom crying. When I went to check on her, I overheard her talking on the phone with her sister. In tears, my mom said, He disappears all the time. It's been like this for years. Sometimes he doesn't even come home all night. There's no other explanation. I know he's cheating on me, I'm sure of it, but I can't prove anything. He denies it when I ask him directly. What? Was my dad cheating on my mom? Even in my anger, I felt sorry for her. I decided to help her out. She had a right to know if my dad was cheating on her. One night, I secretly took dad's phone. I knew his passcode because one time he had asked me to help him when his smartphone started bugging out. Assuming he hadn't changed it, I checked his messages to find out if he was cheating on my mom. I'm in, I murmured to myself. Thankfully, my dad's passcode was the same. I checked his inbox, but couldn't find anything that would prove my mom's suspicions. There was nothing unusual in his messages. I also checked his photos and videos. No red flags there, either. I sighed in relief. My mom had nothing to worry about. I decided I'd tell her what I'd done in the morning, hoping it would ease her mind. But then, I realized I hadn't checked the recently deleted images and videos. If he really wanted to do anything on the sly, he'd try to destroy the evidence. He wasn't great with technology. I could probably find something there if he didn't know that deleted photos and videos were kept in the trash folder for a while. My stomach lurched when I saw the massive backlog of videos in the trash folder. I anxiously tapped the first one and started watching. In the video, there was a young woman tied to a chair. Right next to her were two other people wearing ski masks. When one of them started talking, I was shocked to my core. We're making this video as proof that we kidnapped your daughter. If you go to the police, you'll never see her again. You need to pay us $7 million if you want to see her alive again. We'll let you know where to drop the money. I recognize that voice. It was my dad's. He and his men had kidnapped someone, demanding a $7 million ransom for her. As the video went on, the woman began talking. These are dangerous men, she said in tears. Please do as they say. Don't go to the police. I'm begging you. Please get me out of here. I looked at all the other deleted videos. It was the same thing over and over again. The only things that changed were the person tied to the chair and the amount of money demanded. The ransom amount was determined based on the fortune of the person they'd kidnapped. That's how I found out about my dad's real profession. I couldn't wait until the morning. I barged into my parents' bedroom and woke them up. I told them about the things I saw in the videos. My mom couldn't believe it. Is this true? Are you a criminal? How did you manage to keep this from me? She asked, horrified. My dad looked unfazed. So what? Of course I lied to you. I obviously couldn't tell anyone that I kidnap people for money. Everyone has a job. This is mine. Thanks to this job, you live in this fabulous mansion. You have a life of luxury. You're both ingrates. You should be thanking me instead. Dad, if it's ransom money from innocent people you made your fortune with, I don't want this fabulous mansion or this luxurious life, I screamed. My mom backed me up. Henry's right. We don't need all this money. I would rather live an honest life than have all this, she said. Dad was upset. Your medicine costs $50,000 a month. I'm not crazy about paying for it every single month. If I hear another word about this, I'll cut you off and kick both of you out of my house!" He yelled. My mom has a rare muscle disease. She needs to take expensive drugs every month to control her condition. If she fails to take them, she'll become bedridden. We stopped trying to talk sense into my dad after he threatened to cut off my mom's medicine. After discovering the truth, I didn't want to live in my father's house. Unfortunately, I didn't have anywhere else to go, and I didn't want to leave my mother alone. So I decided to live outside the mansion, in the garden. My mom was despondent when she heard about my decision. I didn't want anything that was bought with that criminal's money. She offered me blankets and other outdoor gear, but I refused. But I still had one big problem. How was I going to feed myself? The mansion's garden was gigantic. It was so big that there were still spots in the garden that I'd never been to. Maybe I'll find a fruit tree and eat fruit for breakfast, I thought, as I explored the garden. I searched for a long time and found nothing to eat. I sat down on a hill to think about what to do next. I had to find a way to feed myself. Suddenly, I felt something touch my feet. I screamed in horror. Shh! Stop screaming! They'll hear you! Please, help me! A voice said fearfully. I pulled out the patch of grass from underneath me. A window with bars became visible. Apparently, my father and his men had built a hidden underground prison in this part of the property. Here, they'd been keeping the people they kidnapped. "'I'll help you. I'll get you out!' I said, kneeling. I locked eyes with the person inside the prison cell. It was my favorite YouTuber, Mr. Beast! My father had kidnapped the world's biggest YouTuber for money! "'Mr... Mr... Mr. Beast?' I stuttered. "'Yeah, it's me. I don't want you to save me. I just want you to get me a phone, please.' He said, Don't you want me to call the police? I can call them if you want. My father kidnapped you. I want to inform them personally. He sure deserves to go to jail for this, I responded. Mr. Beast said, No, I'm not going to call the police. I'll use the phone's camera. It's going to be a hell of a video. Imagine the title. I paid $5 million as ransom to my kidnappers to save myself. It's going to be my most costly video ever, but worth it. It's going to have at least 200 million views. Mr. Beast sounded so enthusiastic that I couldn't say no. I went home to get my phone and brought it back to him. Mr. Beast did as he said. When he couldn't shoot video, he did voice recordings. He hasn't published the video on his channel yet, but I know he recorded everything because he let me watch it. In the video, my father and his men were wearing ski masks, but thanks to me, Mr. Beast knew who they were. Mr. Beast called his crew with the phone I gave him. He asked them to prepare five million dollars and bring it to a designated spot. I'm filming my own kidnapping and imprisonment. You guys need to record everything on your side as well, he ordered. My father gave Mr. Beast's crew the address of an abandoned factory. He demanded they bring the ransom there. Two people from Mr. Beast's crew brought the money in bags and delivered them to my father. In return, he set Mr. Beast free. Meanwhile, Mr. Beast's crew recorded the entire exchange on camera. You'll get to watch it when the video drops. Apart from the first video, Mr. Beast did one other video that will be published after it's posted on YouTube. The video is titled, I gave 10 million dollars to the person who identified my kidnappers. You guessed it right, that person is me. Mr. Beast told the police my father's real identity. The same day, the police organized a raid on the mansion where they caught him and his men. He looked into my eyes when the police were taking him away. I'm going to jail because of you. You're not my son. I'm disowning you, he screamed, giving me a hateful stare. He got even more irate when he saw me acting cold toward him. Yes, I'm a criminal, but you're the son of a criminal, and that will follow you all your life, he said. In the meantime, when the police officers searched the underground prison, they found another victim. My father had kidnapped someone else after Mr. Beast. Thankfully, that was his last victim. I can rest easy knowing that he's behind bars. Currently, my father's trial is pending, but he'll likely spend most of his life in prison. The police confiscated all his property. They sold everything, including the mansion, and gave the proceeds to everyone who paid him ransom. My mom and I moved into a lovely apartment. Thanks to Mr. Beast's award, we can afford my mom's medicine every month. Even though my mother felt terrible for my father, she said, This had to happen. Your father can't kidnap innocent people anymore. He's gotten what he deserves. I still think about my father on occasion. His last words to me can't hurt me. I'm not the son of a criminal anymore. I'm the son of an incarcerated man serving a well-deserved sentence. I'm Alvin. Like most days, I got off the school bus and walked two blocks to the kindergarten where my mom works. As usual, I stood waiting for her at the front of the building. On that day, though, a man came from nowhere, grabbed my backpack, and ran away with it. Hey, that's my math homework you're stealing, I yelled after him. There's nothing of value to even steal! The man disappeared around the corner. Distraught, I slumped down and continued waiting for my mother. That's the price you pay for living here. Things like this happen all of the time. My mom finally got off work at 5 p.m., Someone stole my math homework while I was waiting for you," I told her. Just like me, she'd gotten used to it. You're lucky. Someone stole all four tires from a client's car today, she said, laughing. (laughs) We continued chatting while walking to our fake home. You heard that right. I said fake. You'll figure out what I mean in a moment. You see, this old and rather dilapidated house goes with the rest of the neighborhood. After about ten minutes, we made it to our fake home. My mom made herself a coffee as we waited for my dad until 6 p.m. After my dad came home from work, we spent another hour waiting impatiently. Then, we hurried around the house, closing the curtains so our neighbors wouldn't see us. From the moment the curtains closed every evening, we'd live as we truly are, like rich people. We went down to the basement of our fake home. My dad turned on the facial recognition system. We turned our faces to the hidden cameras, As soon as the system identified us, the secret door in our basement opened. The secret door revealed a 5.4 mile long tunnel. It's actually a subway line that belongs to my parents and me. We use this unique subway every night to reach our real home. After a short ride, we made it to our mansion. Our property is enclosed by 13 feet high walls. During the day, there are hundreds of people working here, maintaining the grounds. Maids, drivers, cooks, and gardeners. The staff leaves at 6.30pm. We arrive after they're gone, and it's only us at the mansion. We walked into the dining hall. We filled our plates with food from the buffet and sat down. The best chefs in the world cook a hundred different dishes every night. My dad asked, How was your day, son? Someone stole my backpack as I was waiting for mom. I had my math homework in that backpack. I need to do it all over again, I replied. Dad smiled. Bummer. I'm free tonight if you need help," he said. Dad, I hate hiding the fact that we're rich. Horrible things keep happening to us in that neighborhood, and they always will. Alvin, we talked about this so many times. We have to live this way. We have no choice but to adapt," he replied, frowning. Yes, we had talked about this many times, yet I still didn't understand why we had to hide that we were the wealthiest family in the world. My grandfather had won the biggest jackpot of all time from the lottery. On the way to claim his winnings, he and my grandmother got in a car accident. My grandmother died instantly. My grandfather fell ill in his grief. So he hired a lawyer to get his affairs in order and found an investment advisor. I'm not going to touch this money. Invest with it as you like. I want my son to benefit from it in the future, he said. The advisor was very good at his job. He built hotels and shopping malls worldwide and bought shares in gold and diamonds and stakes in many successful companies. My grandfather's lottery winnings grew exponentially, reaching billions of dollars. When my grandfather died, my parents inherited all his wealth. For some reason, we have to hide it. We pretend to live in the lowest-income neighborhood of our city. We can only enjoy the privileges of being wealthy when we're in the mansion. I've been putting up with this for years because my parents want me to. But I've had it. I want to live my best life 24 hours a day. It's my birthright. I thought about everything that night, and came up with an idea. If I made sure my friends at school knew about how rich we were, they would definitely tell their friends and families. Word would spread like wildfire, and all kinds of people would know about our fortune. Then my parents would have to concede that it was impossible to hide any longer, and we could start living the high life every day. I put my plan into motion the next day without hesitation. To start, I decided to tell two people, Nancy and Justin. I can't really say that I like them, I think they're super obnoxious, but they both were pretty popular in school and loved gossiping. Thanks to them, my family's secret would be out in no time. After lunch, I called both of them to the schoolyard and cut to the chase. I'm going to share my family's biggest secret with you. They were both stunned. I'm not kidding what I'm about to tell you, so you've got to trust me, I said. I had to muster up the courage to keep speaking. Nancy and Justin waited with anticipation. They both stared at me intensely. My family is the richest family in the world, and I'm the richest kid in the world, I said. My friends just stared at each other. Then they both (laughs) burst out laughing. If I'm honest, that's the reaction I was expecting. You don't believe me, and you have every reason not to. I'm going to ask you to come with me. What I'm about to show you is sure to convince you, I said. You better find other people to mess around with, Justin groaned. Nancy was all in. Alvin looks dead serious, she said, and I'm curious about what's happening here. I couldn't take my friends to our fake home because I didn't know how to operate the facial recognition system. That being the case, I wouldn't be able to open the secret door. That's why I decided to take them to the mansion in broad daylight. It would be my first time entering my own house from the front door, but first, I had to convince the security detail posted outside. There was a gigantic iron door at the entrance, and a security booth for the guards. Nancy and Justin stared in disbelief. First at the majestic door, then at the towering walls. One of the guards came out of the booth. Kids, this is private property. Please leave, he said. I told the guard, you don't know me, but I live here. I want to show our house to my friends, I said. I'm not in the mood for jokes, kid. Move along, please, he groaned. My room is on the third floor, I said, trying to convince him. There's a MacBook on my bed right now. I binge-watched Netflix until late last night. I can list off every show to prove it to you. Take us up there. Son, you're a fool if you think you can play me like that. I'll have to make a citizen's arrest for trespassing if you don't leave now, he responded. Justin turned to me. Alvin, I don't know if this is your idea of a prank, but I'm not getting in trouble because of some weird lie. This guy seems pretty serious. Let's get out of here before he puts us in a chokehold or something, he said. I decided to play my last card. I'm going to tell my father about this. If you don't want to lose your job, let us in. This is my house! I screamed. At the last second, the iron gate started opening. A luxury car with dark windows was leaving the property. It stopped where we stood. The black backseat window came down. The person inside looked out and asked, What seems to be the problem here? The security guard said, Sir, this kid says he lives here. The man looked at me condescendingly. You certainly do not live here. This is my private property, and I have two daughters, no son, he said. Let's go, he commanded the driver, rolling up his window. I just stood there, shocked. He's lying. This is our house, I murmured. Justin and Nancy looked at each other nervously. Nancy said, and to think I believed you, even for a second. Justin nodded, called it. They turned around and started walking back. I was sure that everyone at school would find out about what happened. This mansion was my home. Who was that man? Knowing it was useless to insist, I went back to my family's run-down fake house. When I walked into the house, I saw my parents waiting impatiently for me. They both looked upset. Obviously, they knew what had happened. My mom said, ''Alvin, we watched you and your friends on the security camera. What you did was incredibly reckless.'' I had tears (laughs) pouring down my face. ''You're right, mom. I'm so sorry. But who was that man? Don't we own the mansion? I asked. My dad said, Of course we do. That man is a professional actor. Staff at the mansion think he owns the house. It's another precaution we had to take so that no one would suspect what's going on. Dad, why do we have to take so many precautions? Why are we hiding our real selves from the world? I really want to know, I pleaded. My dad looked at my mom, who nodded at him before turning to me. We hid some things from you to protect you. We knew we'd have to tell you one day, but we were worried about your mental health." Dad said, pausing. He looked back at my mom again. She nodded for him to go on. Then she started crying, softly. My dad took a deep breath and began to explain. We used to be the family you always wanted us to be. You weren't born yet. We had a daughter named Betty. Everyone knew how rich we were, which made our lives incredibly difficult. We used to go everywhere with an army of guards. We all had to wear bulletproof vests. Then something awful happened. Someone managed to kidnap your sister. They demanded we give them a hundred million dollars as ransom. We said yes, of course. But they never released her, even though we gave them the money. The police were sure it was because Betty had seen their faces. This was a massive trauma for us. After that, your mom and I made a decision. We moved to the inner city, and set up this life to hide our wealth. We lost our daughter. We couldn't protect her. We don't want to lose our son too. Alvin, all this is for you. This is the only way to live a quiet life away from danger. Now I knew everything. I hugged my dad. My mom got up and joined us. We all cried for Betty for a while. I'm really sorry about today. I didn't know you were trying to protect me. I will be careful from now on, I said from that day on i made mom and dad a promise to live humbly during the day and never tell anyone again
2: when i was nine my parents made me work for my food they said i was eating too much that they had to take another mortgage on the house when i graduated middle school they told me i had to start paying rent because like they said tuition was expensive and i needed to pay them back for it we weren't even poor my stepmom was loaded They put me to work in my uncle's bricklaying business. Not exactly a light job for a tiny teenager. But I did it anyway. I just wanted to make money. And every time I did, I would keep some for myself. My name's James, and I'm just a regular dude trying to get through high school. I planned to use what money I had saved up to get freedom as soon as I graduated. I wanted to move out of my stepmom and dad's house so they could no longer tell me what to do. The problem was, I didn't account for life happening, and all the random problems and opportunities it can bring. It all started when we were on a class trip to some modern art museum. The only reason we were able to go to such a fancy place was because one of our classmate's dad owned it. Unfortunately, while the class was leaving, I saw Jonas trip over the carpet and slam into one of the pillars that held a very expensive-looking glass. (laughs) I would have laughed. See... "'Jonas was a bit of a rival of mine. "'We've always gone after the same girls. I "'Always wanted to be cooler than the other, "'and seeing my rival do a tumble would have been hilarious. "'Only that I saw the vase tumbling down with him, "'and I knew we'd all be in trouble. "'I tried to catch it, but I was too late. "'Jonas fell, caught the vase, and crashed it as he rolled on the floor. "'It was broken into a thousand pieces.' Luckily, there were no alarms, but we were both panicking. Any moment, someone might walk in. I put aside our rivalry and told him I would help him. Quick, uh, hand me those pieces! uh, Huh? Hand me those pieces so I can hide them! I'll cover for you! I'll tell them we didn't see anything! We have to get out of here, now! I gathered every little piece I could find and put it in my bag. But then, that very same moment... The owner of the museum appeared. Behind him was our classmate, Carol. She was shocked when she saw me holding the broken pieces of the vase. I tried to explain, but Jonas blurted out immediately. It was him! He was going to hide it, too! I told him not to hide any of it, but he didn't want to get into trouble! And with just that one statement, I was found guilty. They didn't even need to investigate it. After all, they caught me red-handed. The very next day, my parents were called in by the principal, and I got a world of hurt. Carol's dad demanded that we pay for the damages. I wanted to tell them all that it was Jonas. But who would believe me? I was the one holding the broken pieces when they found me. That night, Mom and Dad berated me for a solid two hours. How dare you get us into this much trouble? Do you know how long it will take me and your mother to pay back $50,000? Mom, Dad, it, it wasn't me. Stop lying! Now go upstairs and think about what you did. Just for this, you won't get any birthday or Christmas presents. As if I ever got any in the first place. If I said that out loud, I would have gotten grounded for ages. My parents forced me to hand over every penny I made seeing how I needed to pay for the broken vase myself. I got depressed. I was really looking forward to being out of the house as soon as possible. That was when Carol approached me at school. What's wrong, James? You seem down these past few days. Oh, besides the fact that I owe your dad 50 grand? Not much. My parents are working me twice as hard now. They refuse to pay for it. I'm sorry. I tried to ask my dad to let you off the hook, but he never listens to me. I wish anyone would have listened to me. It was Jonas who broke it. You know what? I might just have a solution. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. That intrigued me, so I asked what Carol had in mind. My dad's been trying to get me to marry this douche, We've known each other since we were four. Our families arranged for us to be engaged when I turned 16, and we would get married the moment I turned 18. I don't want to go through with it, but my dad never listens. And my fiancé is awful. Plus, he's like 10 years older. I haven't even seen him in years. So... What do you want me to do about it? Meet me at the Red Ribbon Diner at five tomorrow. Tell your parents you'll be gone for the week. Tell them you're going to go to a friend's party to kick off the summer holidays or something. I dressed as nicely as I could, not knowing what we'd be up to. I brought a change of clothes, and as soon as I got there, Carol handed me a thick envelope. And when I looked into it, my jaw dropped. There must have been at least ten thousand bucks in there. (laughs) What the... That's just for this weekend. I'll give you double that if we pull this off. Carol drove us to a villa by the sea. It was huge and extravagant. I'd never been in a house that expensive. She told me I was going to stay there for the summer, and given that my parents didn't care where I was, I said yes. She told me she needed my help. Her parents were going to arrive in the neighboring villa soon, and that I would pretend to be her boyfriend for the whole summer just to annoy her family and her billionaire fiancé. And if we got the fiancé to call the wedding off, she'd pay me forty grand more. That would take my money up to sixty. Enough to pay her dad and to have a bit of change for me to leave home. I acted like the biggest douche there ever was. When we went to meet her family, her dad was so red, he'd think he was about to blow steam out of his ears. The fiance was taken aback by the fact that her fiance had a boyfriend, and I put on the best performance of my life. I talked non-stop about myself. I would keep kissing Carol in front of everyone. Carol bought me expensive clothes and the tackiest watches and jewelry, and I wore them all. I spit at the table, I made gross noises while having dinner with her family, and best of all, when I told her I love her, I'd look straight in her fiancé's eyes and wink at him rubbing it in his face that his girl was mine. That dinner ended in chaos. The fiancé, humiliated by all that, threw his glass on the floor. I don't know what you're playing at, Mr. Eggenman, but your daughter clearly has no intent to be faithful to me. I'm calling off the wedding! My father will hear about this disrespect. The merger between our companies is done. I never want to see you or your daughter ever again! He left in a huff, throwing a tantrum like a baby. And Carol's dad's face was unexplainable. Her mom was almost in tears at how horrible I was behaving at the dinner table. And her brothers and sisters were all taking videos of the whole thing. Please, Carol, I give up. Please, break up with this oaf! I'm begging you Tate. take anyone, anyone but him! I went home after the summer, 60000 richer. Yep, her dad let me off the hook just so I would leave his daughter alone, and I got to keep all the money from Carol. The problem was, my stepmom found the wad of cash when she was cleaning my room, and I had to fess up to her. I thought she would scream at me. Instead, she had a mischievous glint in her eyes. You know, I've been asking your dad for a trip to the Bahamas for ages, But he never budges. So, here's my plan. My stepmom wanted me to start dating my stepsister. In her mind, if I did something so grotesque, she could convince dad to give her anything if she put a stop to it. I said yes, of course, given that she was prepared to offer me ten grand, and just to get her off my back. Unfortunately, when dad found out, it wasn't the result we were hoping for. He threw me out of the house, and my stepmom didn't pay me. But that summer, I found out there was a niche in the market I could fill. So I started my very own rent-a-boyfriend agency. At first, it was just me. I would go out on dates with lonely girls or girls who had to go to events and needed an arm candy. I made so much money, I even got to pay for college. That was when my business really boomed. My dorm mates found out what I was doing and they wanted in, and I hired them. They paid me 10% of their earnings. Valentine's and Christmas were our busiest times. On my senior year, my company took in hundred grand in profit during Valentine's Day alone. But that year, we almost shut down. Because guess what? Remember Jonas? My rival? Well, he's been stalking me. And now, he works in the same business. Once again, we were rivals. He tried to spread rumors about my company, telling everyone I stole his idea. Jonas was a smooth talker, and a lot of people believed him. So, I had to take him down. I sneaked into his offices one night, and with the help of my guys, we hacked his computer and downloaded his entire client list. That night, I sent them 50% off coupons for my company, and once they'd experienced how our services were much better, and that I taught my guys how to listen and act like the perfect gentleman, They switched to us entirely. Jonas's company went into the ground. It was around that time that Carol came back into my life. I looked for you at your old house. They said you haven't been there in years. Oh, yeah. What brings you all the way here? Well, I heard you run a business now. I'm finally free of my dad, by the way. I was wondering if you'd do one last job for me. What is it? For you? Anything. Free of charge. See? I was wondering if you'd pretend to be my boyfriend again. (laughs) Of course! But this time? Forever. So now, Carol and I are married. And I don't go out to clients anymore. I only run the business. As was our deal, Carol is now my one and only client.
0: I'm a guy, straight guy, but God bless me with a face as lovely as a girl and a wonderful friend. Yes, my life was thrown into chaos in an instant, and this is my story. I'm 17 years old, and my name is Eric. As I previously stated, I had a BFF named Dex. He's gay and proud to be part of the LGBTQIA community, and I admire and respect Dex as well as everything he believes in. At school, Dex is a member of the LGBTQIA club. They always want to express themselves and get along, but are always looked down on by everyone. They are not allowed to attend or be welcomed at many events. Dex has always wanted his club to be more influential at school, and I know it's gonna be a difficult journey. So I support him with all I have. Dex brought his makeup to my house during a boring summer vacation and said, Bro, can I do makeup for you? You'll be even hotter than the hot girls. For Christ's sake, I'd never imagined myself wearing makeup. But Dex was begging me to do it. So I gave in. And it might actually be fun, lol. TBH. Many people used to tell me that I looked like a girl because of my white skin, bright eyes, and red lips. When I saw myself in the mirror, I was astounded by Dex's talent. I felt like a completely different person. Honestly, I was as attractive as the other hot girls. Dex and I laughed so much at my new appearance. We also borrowed my sister's gown, put on a wig, and took photos. Tex shared those photos on social media, and they received a lot of likes and comments. They said the girl in the photos was beautiful. Dex and I were excited at my sudden fame. We decided to set up a TikTok account and posted videos of me after each makeup. From there, a girl named Cabela was born. Nobody knew that it was a work of Eric's and mine. So, we became obsessed with makeup, TikTok, and laughing at the comments for the entire summer. Cabela quickly rose to prominence as a TikToker. We even made some money from advertising a few products on our channel. Soon, the school year began, and when we returned to class, we discovered how popular Cabela had become. Everywhere we went, we saw people watching videos of Cabela. That made me and Dex even more excited. Returning to Dex, taking that beautiful opportunity, he wanted me to continue acting as Cabela and join the LGBTQIA club at school. Dex insisted. With Cabela's online popularity, the club will gain more reputation. I'll be elected president, and the LGBTQIA club will be represented by everyone. We'll be allowed to participate in more school events. Please, help me this time, Eric. Please. I always sympathize and understand Dex's wishes. So, I decided to accept his request. But I made a condition that I would only appear in the group videos or livestream talk shows. Just as Dex said, the group was ecstatic when I joined under the name of Cabela and became the group's visual. Dex introduced himself as Cabela's manager, which gained him more credibility. We agreed to keep Cabela's true identity a secret to protect Dex's reputation and avoid making the group a laughing stock at school. Everything was fine until a new student, Amy, was assigned to my class. I was immediately smitten by her smile, and wanted to learn more about her. We sat close together, so it was easy for me to strike up a conversation with Amy. We started having lunch together because she was pleasant and cheerful. My best friend group now consisted of three people, myself, Dex, and Amy. I began to feel rushed living as two people simultaneously. I was a straight guy hanging out with Amy in the morning. When the night arrived, I'd be Cabella doing makeup with Dex making TikTok videos to keep our popularity alive, and live streaming as the LGBTQIA group's visuals. I couldn't tell Amy I was Cabela because of my promise I made with Dex. Nobody wanted their crush to see them acting girly, right? Not long after that, Amy and I started dating. There was a rumor that Cabela was me that was leaked at the school's forum one day. That drew a lot of attention. They wanted to take photos with me outside the classroom. I was Cabela, according to a forum post, which includes pictures of me before and after applying makeup. Everyone was interested, but that freaked the sheep out of me, and I hurriedly went looking for Dex. But, to my surprise, he approached me and smiled. I'm the one who made this public. As I thought, finding out that the famous Cabela is a student at our school brought the LGBTQIA group more respect. They all go crazy. (laughs) Yes, everyone seemed pleased, But Amy and I were not. With a surprised expression on her face, she looked at me. I didn't know what to say to Amy because she thought I was playing with her heart. I couldn't tell her I wasn't gay because it would embarrass Dex who lied about everything on the school's forum. And of course, I couldn't say I was gay because I would lose Amy. OMG. I thought I was going insane. I turned to Dex and was furious at his action. Look, Dex, I can help you act as Cabela, but I want her and I to be two different people. I, too, want Amy's love, just like the other guys. You get me? Dex gave me a pitying look and said, I just want everyone to know that I have a famous best friend. And isn't revealing this help people fawning over you? Regardless of how Dex said, I insisted on refusing. I don't give a damn, dude. Amy dumped me because of these stupid things. I'll tell her everything. I no longer desired to be famous. And then I walked away leaving Dex standing there in agony. That afternoon, I asked Amy to go to the school's backyard to explain everything. While I was waiting for her, suddenly Dex came up to me and apologized. When Amy arrived, Dex turned to me and kissed and hugged me tightly. Everything was blown apart by the kiss. When Amy saw that, she sobbed and ran away. Everything happened so fast. I couldn't even call Amy back. I pushed Dex away and punched him in a fit of anger. What exactly are you up to? Amy just left! You selfish piece of crap. You're willing to ruin my happiness to gain fame. Dex stood there, a sad expression on his face. I'm into you, man. And you're right. I'm selfish. I couldn't stand seeing you and Amy dating. Dex then turned around and left. What he said surprised me, and my heart hurt because I hit my best friend for the first time. Amy tried to stay away from me after that. She didn't respond to my text or allow me to explain myself. Dex and I also didn't see each other. I was still furious with Dex. The relationship between the three of us was broken. For a long time after that, I lived in boredom because I lost my best friend and girlfriend at the same time. I announced my withdrawal from the LGBTQIA club and quietly deleted my TikTok account and all images of Cabela. Enough is enough. Amy came to my house one day and said, Eric, come to Dex's house with me. He and his family's leaving today to start a new life in another country. That news astounds me greatly. We hurried over to his location, and Amy told me everything on the way. Dex showed up and told me all about how he wanted to be president of the LGBTQIA club, which compelled you to become Cabela. He also firmly assured me that you were straight. Dex's family was about to leave when we arrived. I quickly approached him and apologized. Dex smiled and asked, Hey dude, one hug before I go? We hugged for a few moments in the late afternoon sun, before saying our goodbyes. Dex gave me a notebook before leaving, and he didn't forget to wish me and Amy happiness. That night, I opened his notebook. It turned out to be Dex's diary about his happy days with me, about his feelings and many pictures of us. Dex also devoted a whole page to me. Dear Eric, I realized that this friendship was worth more than becoming the president of a club or any other fancy thing. They only respect me if I have you, but you'll have my back even if I have nothing. When I move to a new country, I'll join a true and healthy LGBTQIA group where everyone is treated equally and respectfully. I like you a lot, dude. Sorry for being an ass and ruining your relationship with Amy. I apologized to her and told her everything except my feelings about you. It's a secret. Be happy, my best man. Every misunderstanding between Amy and me was cleared up. We reconnected, and were as happy as before. However, despite everything, I still felt a bit guilty, and missed Dex terribly. We continued to keep in touch with one another. He told me that he had a boyfriend, and started a new wonderful life not long after that. After this story, I just hope we will all learn to cherish our best friend while we can. One more important thing, whoever you are, regardless of your gender and sexuality, you all have the right to be loved and heard. If you enjoy this story, please like, share, and subscribe to our channel. You can also click the bell to be notified of more great stories.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Gigi Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello.